Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And today we are joined by our friend, Steph. Hey! Today we're talking about Pixar's Onward, so spoiler alert for Onward. Please sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please turn around and go home. So guys, uh... We're in the thick of quarantine right now, and uh, we're still going strong. Yeah, you guys have been handling it well. Yeah, um, I left the house for the first time in a week um, today to go outside and breathe the fresh air. Nice. Um, yeah, it was much needed. Yep, we rode our bikes. Uh, we went down to the river and experienced fresh air six feet apart from everyone. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I've been doing walks uh, like every other day, mm-hmm. and good, uh, good. it's been nice. I'm right by the water as well, so that's been very nice. Um, and occasionally having to do like street jujitsu to make sure that I'm six feet apart from someone else <laughs> who might be walking. Ah, good, good. That's a that's a good way. Is that a technique you learned online, or did you come up with it? I came up with the terminology. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think I really just learned avoiding people while walking um, all throughout my life. I think I've been training for this day. Wow. So acting like a lunatic is your way of... Uh... Yeah, that's the other trick. If you want to go for a walk and social distance, just dress like very crazily <laughs> and people will avoid you. Awesome. Mm. That's transferable to after quarantine as well, if you don't want to walk, you know, be too close to people. Absolutely. Yeah, some people have been enjoying uh, the social distancing, and they're so excited about this brand new term that they can now use to, like, explain their needs to people. Yeah, I'm surprised I've never heard the phrase social distancing before this context, but I'm sure this is not the last I'll be hearing of it. Indeed. (laughs) I think it's in our vocabulary for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Just like yeet. Thank Just like yeet. <laughs> Just like yeet. Yeet is my favorite Gen Z term. It's a good one. I love hearing phrases like he just yeeted out of there or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um, so before we get started, Steph, could you give us a one to two sentence synopsis of Pixar's Onward? Surely I can. Pixar's Onward is about two brothers who lost their father, and they must go on a magical adventure to see him one last time. Do hijinks ensue? Hijinks, (laughs) in fact, ensue. Wow, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's some actually, like, really intense hijinks going on. There are. So to get us started, uh, my audience and critic rating is actually going to be the same. Um, I'm going to give it four stars for both. My audience and critical rating will um, probably be the same. I would give it definitely a four for audience and a four critically, if not a 3.5 critically, or, or one of them. One of them is perhaps a half star lower than the other. <laughs> but you're not sure but which. But I'm not sure which. <laughs> is it my enjoyment or is it my critical eye of it? That is my official rating. <laughs> um, 
my critic rating is going to be similar. I'm going to give it a four, but I'm actually going to give it a five-star audience rating. Um, I had an absolute blast watching this movie. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. Awesome. I mean, I have I have so many positive things to say about Pixar's Onward. Um, I was a big fan of their use of the source material, how they use that, like, Dungeons and Dragons lore, more so for, like, the aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, rather than, like, trying to tell a Dungeons and Dragons story. Yeah. But I they... loved uh, Bailey, Chris Pratt's character's vest. Barley. Um, Barley, excuse me. Uh, it was covered in, like, Dungeons and Dragons patches. Yeah. And I want to see if it's online somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it yourself, Joe. How many How many jean jackets do you have? I have two jean jackets and one jean vest. Ooh, so I'm already, wow. like, partway there. Yeah, you are. You just got to start collecting those badges. It's true. You know what? I'm going to do it. What else do I have to do nowadays? Yeah. Yeah. You might as well start your Halloween costume now. Everyone else is going to be Joe Exotic. I was going to be Joe Exotic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you were. (laughs) Joe, you're already halfway there. Exactly. So, So I have multiple costume prospects where I'm already halfway there. Excellent. Um, would Hannah be a lion? We uh, tossed around she would either be a tiger or Carol Baskin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or she would be John, Joe's husband, and then we'd get, or mm-hmm. excuse me, Joe's ex-husband, and then we'd get a third person to be Travis, and we'd dress nice. up as them at their three, three-way wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh. I understand we're not currently reviewing Tiger King, <laughs> but I do have a quick aside about it. Joe Exotic was framed as the hero of that and Carol Baskin as the villain, but I think that overall, even if Carol Baskin killed her husband, Joe Exotic is the villain of that story. I think they're all villains. They're uh, all I th- villains, I think- but Joe Exotic, like lured people to marry him with meth and also was horribly misogynistic. Yes, uh, I I agree with you. I I did not mean to sound like I was disagreeing with you. Joe Exotic (laughs) is very much uh, Predator. Yeah. Um, As is Doc Antle. Uh Um, Uh Uh-huh. And because I believe in my heart of hearts that Carol Baskin killed her husband. Uh Uh Uh-huh. She is too. But if she didn't, she is still um, pretty much doing the same thing that Joe Exotic is doing, that she is, uh, you know. Indeed. I'm one of those pretentious people that has been avoiding watching Tiger King because I think I'm too good for it. But I recently got into a fight on Twitter about Fast and Furious, so (laughs) clearly I'm not uh, better than anyone. (laughs) You should have just come back at the guy and been like, I bet you watch Tiger King, though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Automatic win. Auto win. Um, for those who don't know, Pixar's Onward is on Disney Plus now. Oh, if you don't that's have, exciting. yeah, if you don't have Disney Plus, it's six ninety nine a month, and you could watch Onward. Whereas, and you, we're not even getting paid to say that. <laughs> 
Um, or you could rent Onward for six ninety nine on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I do want to be very clear that either way, you're going to be paying six ninety nine. <laughs> um, I do appreciate um, Disney uh, their early release of Frozen, and then with Onward, um, a lot of movie studios have been making their movies um, available on digital during this time, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, my only obstacle has been trying to watch Sonic. Um, Right now it is on digital, but it's only on digital for purchase. It's not on digital for rent yet. And so I would have to pay $20 to own Sonic. (laughs) Before ever it. Yeah, and I don't (laughs) think I need to own it. That's fair. Yeah, Hannah said something similar. Um, She was looking for a movie... And she could only buy it. And then she was like, oh, wait, okay. In like four days, I can rent it. So I just have to wait four days. Oh, I have to wait six weeks. Oh, Mm. that's too long. (laughs) We'll we'll probably still be in quarantine, so I don't mind. Yeah, but you got to go fast. Like, how are you going to wait six weeks for Sonic? Well, no one talked about it. So it (laughs) seems like I have time. That's fair. Uh, going back to Pixar's Onward. Still talking about Onward. Yeah, since the beginning, we've been nonstop talking about <laughs> Onward. <laughs> I was a big fan of the story that was told and the way they sort of delicately balanced the the emotion of losing a parent, uh, the emotion of having having like memories of the parent, but like because because they were lost so young the older brother has different memories than the younger brother and i thought those were important uh, relationships to address when telling this kind of story yeah um i don't tear up at movies a lot but every yes, time do, <laughs> every time barley talked about the memory of how he was supposed to go into his dad's hospital room and say goodbye but then he was too scared, and so he never got to say goodbye to his dad. Like, tears streaming down my face, crying. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty pretty heavy. Um, I felt it when Ian plays the recording of his father, mm. and he, like, creates a conversation that you can tell he's had a million times, and that's, like, the closest memory he has of his father. And that was, like, in, like, act one. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can get through this. I can do it. <laughs> Going back to the um, D&D aspect of it, um, I enjoyed the concept of their version of Dungeons & Dragons being historically accurate. Yeah, And yeah. that's how they're able to learn magic and learn, like, um, where they're supposed to go on the quest. Yeah, this was this was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, for the listeners who don't know, me and Joe and Alex are all in a D and D campaign together, um, and so we're at least mildly familiar with D and D. And I got really into D and D like three years ago or something, and it's just a a treasure trove of storytelling, and it seems like media can't get a handle on how to tell a D&D story, like this kind of fantastical journey type story comes off 
I think, really hokey in a lot of different media. And so I liked this, like, derivative story. Derivative is a bad thing, right? It's, like, Tangential story? Yeah, so it has this, like, core and base of D&D, but it also acknowledges D&D as a game, which I think helped it a lot and made it relatable to people who play D&D, but also um, the story was not so derived from D&D that no one else could enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, I felt I I really enjoyed how how they they share a story of there used to be magic and then magic became like difficult to learn or at least compared to the technological advancements and so like these magical fantastical creatures got quote unquote lazier and lazier right um and so all of the magic was lost and i think obviously that's a metaphor for maybe our humanity and how I don't know what type of magic necessarily we lost, but we lost uh, some sense of potential purpose in life due to all these technological advancements and the uh, the comfort of convenience. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that sentiment of like um, comparing it to our society because... Um, And, you know, I'm sure there are lots of different stories, and I'm sure plenty of people are too into, you know, their technology to appreciate what's around them and all of that stuff that people talk about all the time. Um, But largely, I feel like technology gives us... It just... It has changed our purposes or our... our, What we pursue. Um... Even just this podcast being one of them, there's no way this could be happening right now if we didn't have technology because Joe is not in the room with us. Um, Say hi, Joe. Hi, hi guys. (laughs) So even just in terms of creative pursuits, um, you know, I'm, I'm not married to that, like, allegory of magic being killed by technology, but in terms of the movie... I liked it. (laughs) I agree. I agree with everything you said. I don't think that... I think we should be all be wary of technological advancements, but I also think there's a certain criticism of technological advancement that's unwarranted. I like uh, this aspect um, from the mom and the manticore side, um, because while Barley and Ian are on their quest, their mom... And this character, the Manticore, who gives them the quest, are trying to find them. So I appreciated um, sort of a... Theirs was focused less on, like, technological advancement and more so just on, like, remember when you used to have fun and, like, when you lived for yourself, now you're living exclusively for other people. Yeah. Um, But then at the end of the movie they become friends and um, the mom says, like, I, ha- I have a girl's night with the manticore and she just grabs, like, a battle axe and goes <laughs> out the door. Yes. So I appreciated that sort of aspect of, um, you know, even when you're a parent, even when you're an adult and you have all these responsibilities, you still need to take time to do what you love. Yeah, I think that was a great 
subplot to have in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt not forced. It felt like like both storylines really went hand in hand. It's very reasonable for a mom to be like, my kids are out on what they consider a quest, but it's obviously very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought it was a very steady build to this like climactic dragon fight scene yeah. that I was not anticipating. Mm. Like I I didn't know what it was going to surmount to, but then there was like this kid Ian who had been just learning magic over the course of the movie adapts to the to the environment and uses everything he just learned to have this amazing battle so that Barley can have his like goodbye with his father. Yeah, that was another uh, crying moment when <laughs> Barley actually gets to say goodbye to his dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there were great Chekhov's magic lessons because um, Ian does use, I think, basically every spell that up to that point uh, they had used at some other point in the quest. Right. Um, yeah. And what was great about it was pretty much as Barley's trying to teach him the spells he keeps failing and Barley's basically like, you just got to believe in yourself. And that's what he's been missing the whole time. Oh my gosh. The scene though, where he has to make an invisible bridge and he has to believe in himself. And so he's got this rope around his waist and Barley's holding it. And of course, halfway across, he's feeling good. He's feeling confident, but the rope falls. And me and Alex both laughed so much. Mm-hmm. when the rope falls and he goes, Barley, you still got the rope? And Barley's holding all the rope like, yeah. <laughs> and he's crying a little bit. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was that was such a good scene. <laughs> and then when he's like, how how long was the rope off? And Barley's like, oh, only, only like the whole second half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I told Steph I was upset, but I didn't guess that the splinter was going to come up in the third act Mm. because they mention it twice over the course of the movie. And then and then he uses the splinter to to grow a new staff. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was a a sneaky one. I, I wasn't able to put that one together either. So don't feel bad. Oh, okay. Thank you, Joe. Steph just criticized me aggressively <laughs> when I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. She was like, you, you didn't predict that, you fucking idiot. That's what I said. That's pretty mean, Steph. It's not <laughs> like you. Actually, it is like Steph. Can, do you want me to, to share the behind the scenes of being with Steph? Oh, she's ruthless. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, why don't we take a break and, Alex, you can explain to me everything that Steph has done to you during this trying time. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me an outlet. Guys, has this ever happened to you? You're laying in bed. Yes, that's happened. Yeah, it's, uh, I've laid in bed before. Have you ever been eating in bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All the time. yeah. That's definitely like where I eat my meals. Do you get crumbs in your bed? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cereal. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in luck. Here's a mattress that you'll never have to worry about getting cereal crumbs in ever again because it's made of cereal. Introducing the Booberry Mattress. 
This mattress is made 100% of booberry cereal, and so if you spill booberry in it, you can just eat the mattress. It's not gonna affect your sleep one bit. You're not gonna be like, oh man, I'm sleeping on crumbs, because you're always gonna be sleeping on cereal. Wow, and I've actually heard that every year you spend with your mattress, it accumulates more and more pounds of your dead skin cells and sweat. Not with this mattress, because it's going to be reducing in density because you're eating some of it every night. Are you telling me I can finally have a nice glass of almond milk before bed without feeling the guilt of my other mattress? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Thom. And Booberry Mattress will deliver straight to your door. So call Booberry Mattress right now or go to BooberryMattress.com and order yourself a new mattress. You have to know that as expensive as it may seem, it does have uh, plans for you where you can pay per month for the next six months. It is an achievable mattress for you. And it is the most important rest you'll have all day. Also, listeners can use promo code to bald men to get 20% off their booberry mattress. You're going to have 20% less booberry in your mattress. You're going to get 20% off of the mattress. Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. Joe, I hope you mean you're ready to stay in and purchase those goods and services. I I did mean that, Steph. <laughs> You see, Thanks, Joe. <laughs> you guys see that? Did you? Did everyone hear? Sure, what she said was important, but that was so aggressive, Steph. <laughs> I I do feel attacked, but I am also better for it. So I don't know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'll give you time to think about it while we explain our ratings of Onward. Oh, I guess I I won't talk about what it's like to. Be with Steph. Okay, yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> um, so the biggest reason why I gave Pixar's Onward four stars instead of five was that it, it was a movie that was playing it safe a little bit. And the, the moment that it really got to me was during the cliche fight that Ian and Barley had. There was um, this thread of Barley's a little bit of a failure. Mm-hmm. And finally, Ian has this opportunity to, to tell the truth about Barley and his opinion of Barley, and it's negative. And I didn't, I didn't care for it because it felt like over the course of the adventure, they had bonded enough where even if he had had those opinions, I felt like by that point they should have changed. Um, but they didn't for the sake of the plot so that there could be conflict, I believe. I, mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly why I also gave it four stars. Um, I will say, I thought the scene where it's revealed that Ian thinks Barley is a screw up, I thought that was like more inventive and clever, and I really appreciated it. But then when they do the classic beginning of the third act, the protagonists have to fight, it is just the classic, you know what, here are my thoughts about you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the situation, um, because they do bond, and I, I think we see Ian start to appreciate Barley and change his opinion, but then given the situation that they're in, it makes sense for him to sort of lash out angrily. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it was like so cliche, but it's, it still is a before the third act, the protagonists have to split up fight. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there are other, like, sort of tropes that, like you said, Alex, the movie kind of plays it safe. Um, so there are some of the more of those, like, throughout the movie. So overall, I agree. Yeah, um, I want to go off a little bit of what you guys are saying, because as I, as I was sitting here and Alex was setting up for the podcast, I had this, like, minor epiphany about stuff like this, where... I mean, and this goes all the way back to when we were discussing, like, spooky buddies and, like, cats and things like this where it's been uh, just, you know, explained to me that movies have a formula. And to make a, quote, good movie, you follow this formula. And Onward follows this formula where, you know, things happen in a certain way and they're very entertaining and they're done super well and I love the relationships and I could go on and on about all the good things in this movie because I really enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, movies that stick out to me are movies that step outside this formula a little bit and surprise me. And when I go to a movie theater and watch a movie, what I'm looking for is to be surprised or to see something that I wasn't expecting. And I feel like when you're watching a, quote, good movie, it's not often you find that. So maybe that's, I'm like, you know, working through (laughs) my thoughts here, but like, perhaps the reason I like some, quote, bad movies that lots of people don't like is that those movies do things that I wasn't expecting or like that don't necessarily follow the formula of a, quote, good movie. Um, And that was my gripe with Onward in that, just like you guys were saying, even though it has all these good qualities and, you know, it was very visually stimulating and I loved the characters' relationships and they all played out in a very satisfying way, I was never shocked by the direction or the trajectory of this movie it it was very step by step this is where we're going and this is where we ended up and that's the movie yeah i appreciate the points that you're making of it's almost like a like a very narrow path that hollywood has been taking and disney a very often takes um some things that break the mold it requires some risk taking yeah um and when you were mentioning like movies that maybe other people don't necessarily like, but you like, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking of the movie Detention. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily, I can't say whether or not I like that movie because the way I watched it, I was just shocked that the movie existed at all. Yeah. Um, but it does and will stand out in my brain probably for a lot longer than other movies that I've thoroughly enjoyed, like maybe Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. um, or Abominable. Like, these yeah. movies, they just adhered to formulas. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking of the movie Detention. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree. That movie certainly thinks outside of the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> um, so, in this half, now that you've heard the real reasons we didn't give it five stars. Um, I do want to go back to the the source material of Pixar's Onward and, and talk about Dungeons & Dragons a little bit. 
Uh, we did have an episode about Dungeons and Dragons and about like nerd culture sort of making its way to the mainstream with like Stranger Things. Uh, the second example. <laughs> third example. <laughs> well, the third example is onward. <laughs> ah, got it. Um, but I, one reason that I'm a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons is this like opportunity to live a life that isn't necessarily yours, but you are invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Dungeons and Dragons for the storytelling aspects. I have this very deep, very ingrained need to storytell, um, and I do that. Yeah, I tr- I look for that in like every facet of my life. But D and D just fulfills that so easily with whether you're a player or whether you're a DM, you're creating something you know, with your friends, and you're telling this story, and, um, yeah, that's where I find my enjoyment. Um, yeah, I, I really like the collaborative storytelling aspect of it, um, it's basically improv, um, which I love doing, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, it adds the fantastical element of high fantasy, or uh, really anything you want, you know. And I think the versatility of Dungeons and Dragons—I mean, Dungeons and Dragons specifically—is um, fantasy world. But yeah. these tabletop RPGs, you can do sci-fi, you can do the Wild West, you can do a combination of uh, you know genres. Um, so, sort of setting those boundaries to then do your collaborative improv where you don't have full control over where everything's going to do. It's just a, a overall super fun experience that, uh, I wish I got into earlier in life. Yeah. Um, I mean, under quarantine, Steph, Joe, Chris, and I have met up once a week. Um, and, and the reason we like the D and D is because there's room for, conversation, banter, jokes, and storytelling, and character development, and decisions and consequences that you can, you sort of can unplug from the concerns of the world for at least a couple of hours, where oftentimes you're hearing news, 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 quarantine, deaths, um, COVID-19, coronavirus, contravirus. Contravirus. (laughs) (laughs) And it can be exhausting and overstimulating to stay up to date with everything, but also, like, there's that burden of responsibility and that guilt that comes from not staying up to date. There's a lot that we're struggling with, and I think the escape of a board game, of an RPG, of Dungeons & Dragons is very necessary, especially today. And not only that, it... Even, you know, getting together virtually for any reason, for a board game or for D&D or for, you know, just a video chat is so necessary when you can't see your friends. Um, And right now I feel like especially a lot of extroverts, I'm sure, are struggling with not being able to be social. Um, Yeah, it's been hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... um, it's really important to, in a time like this, really make time to fill that social need so you don't go crazy. Yeah, I've um, been like seeing people 
basically find excuses to hang out. You know, like virtual happy hours, yeah, themed yeah. dinners. Um, on Instagram, people have been doing like bingo boards on their stories. <laughs> I saw someone actually played like real bingo with their family via Zoom. Um, <laughs> so I, th- I think people are, you know, now that commuting and time isn't really a factor, people are like, well, I, you know, this person I haven't been able to see in maybe a year or two, uh, there's no excuse anymore for me to not hang out with them. Yeah. I agree. Um, I know, like, for me, the way I've been dealing with this quarantine is organizing, like, game nights via Discord, where anyone um, can sort of connect their voice, and then one of us screen grabs our screen and puts up a Jackbox game or another game that, like, people can sort of interact with on their phones. And so, and actually, Joe, you you gave this suggestion during our break room episode of people like connecting on Zoom and playing uh, Quiplash. Mm-hmm. And I, I took that idea and I ran with it. And I was like, I have Jackbox one through six. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, Hannah and I have been doing weekly Quiplash games with her friends from home. Nice. And it's been a, a nice a nice little treat. You guys should try Save the Internet if Quiplash ever gets tiresome. Because Save the Internet is um, equally like you need to be clever, you need to come up with things, but um, it's a little bit of a a sidestep from Quiplash in a a fun way. I'm into it. Yeah. I agree. And uh, Drawful 2 Mm -hmm. is currently free for Windows and Mac. And they are the same creators as Jackbox. And it's very similar to Fibbage, but there is a drawing aspect. Okay. Um, Yeah, I got, um, I think, Jackbox 2 on my Switch so that we could play it. Um, Just because that was the cheapest Jackbox game that they had. Well, it sounds like you're going to have to start inviting me to your game nights, Joe. Sounds like it. Um, And vice versa. Yeah. Um, but if it's if I can get it on my computer, that might even be more convenient for the um, video chatting aspect because we've had to basically just put a laptop facing the TV and then uh. another laptop facing us. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we when we meet up, we don't really look at each other's faces. We all see the same Jackbox screen and we only hear each other. Mm. And it's worked out. So fans. Uh, Listeners, tell us how you've been surviving quarantine. It's definitely not easy. It's taking mental tolls on a lot of us, but we're all going to get through this together, and we love you. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we promise we are going to do our best to actually review The Circle. If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men. And find us on Facebook and TwoBaldMenPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your job as an essential worker safely and on time.